Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hello there, you sitting at home. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Giving Starts With You podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, um, someone who has inspired me in the way that I live my life. And I'd like to welcome you all to my son, Evan Hutt. Welcome, Evan, to the show. Thanks for having me. So Evan is 13. He's in grade eight. He's an incredible young man. He is a very giving person. He is a very kind person. And of course, he's my son. So, But Evan um, has, has started a few projects on his own. But this year, we, we started a project called, as a family, called the Ukulele Project. Evan, can you tell me a little bit about what the Ukulele Project was about? Yeah, so basically the Ukulele Project was, we collected... Um, either ukulele donations from people or money donations that we put into stuff related to ukuleles or like picks for the ukuleles or tuners or something and shakers. And then we went to Guatemala and we ended up going to three preschools and tried to just have some fun with them. Okay. So how, what did you, I know we had a great time and me, you and dad went and it was fantastic. What did you think when I first brought up this, uh, this idea of going to Guatemala and starting this project? I thought you were crazy. <laughs> Why was that? Uh, you just have these big ideas. Sometimes they don't happen, but this time it happened. Can you tell me what, um, what your experience was like? Like, I know what the experience was like for me as an adult, but as a child, uh, a young man, can you tell me a little bit about you know, what your, what you thought it was going to be like and what it was actually like? I mean, what I thought it was like was kind of similar to what it was like. It I thought it would be like the houses were kind of like what I would think. What about the experience, like the people? Did you find the people were, were kind? What did you think about the environment? The people, yeah, the people were really nice there. They did sometimes get in your face and want to sell everything, but they were, they were just trying to make a living. Right. Um, can you tell us how, for, an exa- for example, how one of the day, a typical day uh, for you and your family was in Guatemala with the ukulele project? Well, we would get out of our house, right? We'd open the gate, go down. We'd, there was a truck that picked us up. We would hop in the back of the truck, like not in the seats, but like on top of the truck. We'd go down to Fundamaya, which was one of the places that helped us. And then from there, they took us to one of the preschools, handed out the ukuleles, had a good time, taught them a little bit, and then went back to Fundamaya and back home. 
Did you find the kids were uh, were happy that you were there? Were they engaging with the music and? Yeah, so um, they they were really happy. I'd find they always wanted to just hit the ukuleles a bunch, play them. Maybe they were a little too young to learn how to play the instruments, but they enjoyed listening to us play them and trying to play them themselves. And there was one girl I remember, it was her birthday. And didn't you find it kind of cool, though, what they do for the kids' birthdays in the preschools? Yeah, so they they ended up all giving her a hug one at a time. Yeah, so they called them up by their names, and then one of them, the boys seemed very shy, but the girls were, were all in for the hugs. It was quite funny. What, so can you tell me a little bit about the experience? Like, how did the program go? What did you guys do when once you were there? Like, what was the plan? So basically, there was three preschools, as I mentioned earlier, and at each one, we handed out, I believe, six to seven ukuleles at each one, at a total of like 18 to 20. I'm not 100% sure on that, with uh, a little bit of shakers as well. Not exactly sure how much of those, but basically, then we wrote a song, played it for them in Spanish and English, so maybe they'd get to learn a little bit of English as well, and yeah. You know what I thought was really cool is that they actually prepared one of the schools in um, San Antonio um, have prepared an English song for us when we arrived. I thought that was so cool. It really touched my heart. Do you remember? Yes. Yes. And then when we got there, uh, Fundamaya had actually um, performed for all of the volunteers um, or the children had performed this really beautiful welcome dance. That was so cool. We got to dance with the children. And I believe it was Santiago. Oh, Santiago. No, uh, maybe San Antonio. We went to San <laughs> Jorge. We went to San Antonio and we went to uh, Panajachel. Those were the three that we went to. So was there anybody that you met that um, you started a relationship with while we were in Guatemala? Iskra. Iskra, yes. Tell yes. me about Iskra. Uh, so basically, she started in America, and what she did was she got a bike. Her brother didn't want her to go anywhere, but she wanted to travel around just on her bike and with the kindness of other people. So she started in America. Started in L.A. Mm -hmm. Yes, Los Angeles, and then she went all the way down to where we were at the time. Actually, that's how we met her. Yes, she was so kind. And you, I think you ended up teaching her a couple things, right? Yes, I taught her how to play the ukulele. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, Iskra was amazing. She's a 30-year-old girl. Um, you can follow her on Instagram. She's Chica and Beachy, which means girl with a bike. And um, she was great. She was our interpreter while we were there. She became one of our friends. She's all about empowering women and strength. And yeah, she, she took her beat up little bike and uh, rode on her bicycle from LA to Guatemala. It's amazing. Um, and she's now working with Fundamaya, which is, she's great. We've kept in touch with her for sure. Was there anybody else that you met or anything else you did while you were down there? Like, did you, I understand you also went to the, um, you played some music there? So yeah, I played the piano for the elderly when um we were giving out like lunch i believe it was lunch or dinner yeah lunch at the elderly care center it's run by fundamaya so what happens is um fundamaya prepares um and through donations 
gives their elderly care group one meal a day from Monday to Friday. The people there are usually um, 65 and over, although they have many people in their 90s. That is the only meal that they get that day. So a lot of them were part of their meal at lunch and then they take the rest home with them. Um, Fundamaya organization is phenomenal. They do so much work there and everybody was so kind. So Evan, um, out of his comfort zone, did a beautiful concert for them. How did you enjoy that, Evan? It was a little scary, but it was fun. Yeah, what was scary about it? I don't like performing in front of people. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the state of your keyboard down in Guatemala. I don't know if the viewers would understand this, but there's no weighted keys. So it's only one. Um, it's, it's hard to explain. So basically, there's no dynamics. There's no dynamics. I can't play loud and soft. So yeah, it's okay. just one tone. It's weird. But half the keys, what happened? Half of them weren't working or something. Yeah. No, so basically the keyboard had this kind of jonky plug-in. So every couple of seconds it would come unplugged. So half the time I was playing with one hand and holding the plug-in. And it was funny. We had to put the, there was nowhere to put the keyboard for him to play. So we had to place it on like this upside down garbage bin. It was quite, it was quite the, uh, the different show, but it was pretty cool. So um, what did you like the most about Guatemala? Was it the people? Was it interacting? Was it the animal? What did you enjoy about your trip? Probably the culture. What about the culture? What did you like? What did you see? What did you learn? I mean, at first glance, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like a, a wealthy country, obviously. But then when you get to meet the people, they were all, they were all so, 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 so friendly. And they always wanted to, try to invite you into their homes, mostly to buy something, but it was still nice. Mm -hmm. um, did you get to meet any of the people in Guatemala besides the kids at the preschool? Yeah, so we met this, uh, this family. It was a big, it was a large family. It was in a really small home. They had dirt floors, holes in their ceilings. And we bought them a fridge because right, right now they had like four fridges, but it was just for storing stuff because none of them were working. Right. So I think they had, um, they had like three, four-year-old kids that were at the preschools that were with us at the, at the, uh, doing the music lessons. And then there was a grandfather who was disabled. And then there was a grandmother and three young single moms. So there was quite a few people there. Didn't you find that they were so grateful for even the littlest thing, even before we gave them a gift? They invited us in. They were so proud. They wanted to show us the, where they lived. They kept hugging us. And you got a gift too, didn't you, from, from the lady of the house? Yes, I got it. I ended up getting a scarf. Yes, it was handmade from their... Um, basically, it would be something that they would sell, but they gave it to us as a, a thank you gift. Oh, I know. It was such a beautiful moment. We also met a family, um, one of our sponsored kids that we sponsored through my work. His name was Jorge, Jorge, and he was your age. And what did you think about that? He, uh, what was your interaction with him like? He was good. We didn't really have lots of communication because I didn't really speak Spanish and he didn't really speak English, but we tried. I ended up giving him my 3DS because I didn't really use it and thought it would be really fun for him. He ended up liking it. There was Mario on it, so that's great. How could you tell he liked it if you couldn't understand each other when you were speaking? <laughs> <laughs> he was smiling a bunch and 
you could just see on his face that he was enjoying himself. Oh, that's great. You know what his favorite sport is, right? Soccer. <laughs> yeah, we brought him a Canadian soccer ball. Thought it was really cool. So he's got a couple of brothers. He's got a couple sisters. Um, his mom, they all sleep in one room. Um, we would like to, once COVID is over, of course, we would like to uh, go back there and perhaps try to start a fundraiser so that we can help him um, seal the holes in his roof because his roof right now, it's the rainy season, I think from April to, I think it's April to October. So their house is pretty wet and uh, the kids all sleep in one room in a couple of beds and um, it rains on them when, they're sleep, when they sleep. We're hoping to sell some bracelets, maybe do a little fundraiser. Right now with COVID and everybody losing their jobs, it's really hard to ask people for donations, but we would really like to try to give them more security. Yeah, so would you want to go back there, Evan? Yeah. What do you think you'd do there the next time? Just go for a visit, or do you think you could do another project, or...? Maybe for a visit, but like gather information on what people need and then like spread the word. Oh, that would be cool. Can you tell me, we met Erwin Rivas and Erwin, we interviewed him not too long ago on the podcast and he was talking about struggling and how he, you know, what his life was about. And he started off as our driver from Guatemala City to Antigua. Antigua was, um, is a stop. Uh, between Panahachal, which is um, where we ended up spending most of our time. And he drove us to Antigua, which we stayed there for a couple of days. And we only knew him for like an hour, but we've, we really grew to, to love Erwin, didn't we? Like, can you tell me a little bit about what you liked about him and our conversations? Uh, yeah, so Erwin was awesome. Like, he was so interactive. What kind of stuff did he have to say? Uh, lots of stuff about his past life, how he's been to juvie and stuff, but then how he kind of overcame that and ended up making a really good life for himself. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's it's tough, you know, with, with COVID right now. I'm really concerned about the people down there. You know, sometimes we have a lot going on here. I mean, there's a lot of people getting sick and God forbid, there's a lot of people that are, are dying from COVID. But there's also people who are healthy and are complaining about staying home and about the smallest things. And then I see, you know, I see posts and I speak to people that we met in Guatemala and it breaks my heart because not only do they have to deal with COVID, but they also have dengue fever and poverty. So many of them are not so worried about getting sick as they're worried about dying from starvation. I found that was very, very hard to see. As a 13-year-old boy, how did you feel when you went there and you could see how poor people really live? It was sad. That's, that's about it. It was sad? But did they seem sad to you? They didn't seem sad, but, like... I found they, they were grateful for every little thing they had. Is that what you think? Yeah. We also went to visit an animal shelter. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That was pretty fun. Yes, they had lots of dogs outside and then lots of cats inside. I wanted to take a dog home, but, you know, my mom didn't let me. Well, it's not that we didn't let you. It just kind of didn't have any more money (laughs) to take a dog home. But, um, yeah, so what other things did you do besides the ukulele project and and do the little concert for the um, elderly people? Did you go on a hike or do anything fun? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I went on a hike. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So, how did uh, you get there? Iskra, what we were talking about before, I went on a hike with Iskra up a mountain when we were on, I think it was like a chocolate tour thing. Yeah, so we took a tuk-tuk up there. Turns out, after, like, it was a weird mountain. So it looked like a face from the side profile. I forget what the mountain was called, though. Indian Nose? Yes, that's like, that's like its nickname for it, yes. After we got down, it was a, like a really tiring hike. My face was all red and stuff. <laughs> it was supposed to take like three hours, but we almost got to the top in 30 minutes because we were basically running. And I almost died. Uh, I'm short of breath. And then um, turns out that um, <laughs> apparently people get robbed on that mountain. So Yeah, it's called Indian Nose and it's in San Juan, La Laguna. How did you get to San Juan? A boat. How was the boat ride? It was it was really fun. Like you could see, like it was like a big. It was like a laguna, right? It's a big water, a body of water, and then just a bunch of towns surrounded it, and it was awesome because the towns went up the hill rather than being flat. So it was cool to look at. Yeah. So we were in uh, Lake Atitlan, and Lake Atitlan is surrounded by three beautiful volcanoes, which we didn't get to. To tour, but I would like to uh, book a tour there next time and actually walk through the volcanoes and have some more time. Would that be something cool? Yep, for sure. And I'd like to do some hiking too, but that day was so hot I could I I didn't go on the hike. Yeah, it was it was amazing. So, is there anything else that you'd like to say about your trip to Guatemala? Somewhere very different. I know you don't like flying, and I appreciate you going. And once you're there, I know you had a great time. But is there yeah. anything, anything else you'd like to share? Well, my personal experience at the end, we went to this really nice kind of hotel. And I met this dog and it was so cute. So, yeah, it was a nice little chihuahua. You did? I don't remember that. Uh, with uh, the things looking at the volcanoes, with the, with, the bu- with a bunch of steps. So what did you think of Guatemala City compared to Panahachel out in the mountains? It definitely looked a lot wealthier, but it looked like more protected. There was like lots of barbed wire fences and stuff. Did that make you feel uncomfortable? More than uh, the other places, yes. Yeah, so Panahachel, because it's kind of, it's it's more in a beautiful setting, right? Whereas Guatemala City, it, it's it's got its good parts and it's got his... Um, you know, it has the touristy areas where we stayed at that nice hotel. And then it has more of its, you know, downtown kind of rough area, right? So we didn't stay mm-hmm. too long in Guatemala City, but I would like to go back. Well, Evan, I really do appreciate everything, um, you know, that you said and you shared with us. I just wanted to see, I never really, I wasn't able to get a view from a 13-year-old boy on what he thought. So and you know what I miss? I miss riding on the back of that truck. That was so awesome. Yeah. Like 20 of us on the back of that truck. And then after Omar. Like three or four, I know the people were fantastic. And, you know, even with all they have to deal with down there, the poverty and the hard work and, and just the heat and lack of food, everything, you know, I didn't see one person complaining or in a bad mood. I didn't notice anybody arguing. Did you? Like, 
Not really, no. No, everybody was pretty chilled back, right? I mean, people were selling and stuff, but that's because how they, they make a living. You go anywhere and that's, and that's what you find, right? Yeah, one of the funniest things that they said while we were trying to buy stuff yes. is, <laughs> is to you, and they said, you like your husband, bye. <laughs> yeah, I know. They would say, you like your husband, bye. And I'm like, I got my own money, girl, and you should too. Like, we're trying to empower the women down there. and you know, fantastic, but they're beautiful people. And I can't wait to go back. Once COVID is over, we're going to go back. I promise. So Evan, I have another question that I feel um, I'd like to ask youth. As a 13 year old boy in grade eight, do you think you have responsibility to society to do what you can to give to people to connect with people, to help people, even uh, elderly people. Some people are lonely. Some people, um, sometimes homeless people, they just need, you know, they just need you to reach out and say hello, or whether it's somebody who's being bullied. What do you feel about that type of behavior? Well, I, I think we do, but we probably don't have the necessary resources to do so. What do you mean? Like, I feel like we have, we should have responsibility for that, but I don't necessarily think that adults think that way about us. And for that reason, they wouldn't help us either get to places that we need to go or give us a little bit of money to buy things for people. Okay. Do you think, do you think it's important to help somebody if they're being bullied or to just say hi to somebody when they feel invisible? Do you feel that it's important to go out of your way and see the world more than just you being a teenager? Yes, I do. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, please? Well, simply, you could just say hi to anyone on the street and just ask, how are you, or whatever, right? Just try to make their day a little bit better. If they're homeless or not homeless, doesn't really matter, as long as you're doing a kind gesture for everyone. I love your heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I appreciate it. I hope that you grow up and continue to give to society and to help people around you. Okay, thank you so much, Evan, for coming on the show and sharing with us. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Yep, I did. That's great. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.